Hey, I'm Pastor Mike, and thank you so much for taking time to check out this message. And I hope that it inspires you. I hope it pushes you either towards a relationship with Jesus or further along in your relationship with Jesus. But we would never want this message to replace the reality of what it means to be involved with a local church. Although I'm excited that you're checking this out and I, and I hope it speaks to you, let me encourage you that you need to be involved in a local body. There's something to the fact that you need to be under the authority of the spiritual lead of a pastor and involved in a community that can push you uh, further along. We are meant to be in community. So enjoy this message, but let me encourage you to be seeking an opportunity to be involved with a local church. Let me pray, and, and I'm going to get us in today to, to the Word a little bit. Father, thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for these next few moments where we have an opportunity to look into your Word. God, I just want to slow down for a second. Because your Word is amazing. Your Word is life. Help us not to just go into the next few minutes like we normally do. It's just another lesson or another sermon. Help us to look deeply into what you want to say to us today, Holy Spirit. I pray you speak to each individual person where they are today. Very clear words and understandings, revelations would come because of your word. And we ask it in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Well, we are in smack dab in the middle of a series that we have called When Pigs Fly. And the reason that we called it when pigs fly is because, you know, that's a sarcastic term that we'll say, like if my daughters say, dad's going to let us get another cat. The response would be when pigs fly, right? Now they came to me last week and someone here, I'm not going to look at you or name you, but tried to give them kittens last week. Um, there are a lot of churches in Leesburg. I just want to let you know. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, but no, but, but, but when pigs fly, this, this idea that, this idea that, yeah, whatever. And, and some of us, we get so calloused in our lives and in this world uh, at, at, the th at the disappointments of this life, right? And we get to the point where doubt sets in and frustration sets in. And we begin to lose our faith and lose our ability to really understand what it is that God does and doesn't do and how that works. And so that ser this series is kind of about that. Because I need to say up front, first and foremost, we believe God still does miracles. Amen? We believe that God does miracles. I told you the story last week about my wife. She's sitting here with us today, and it's because somebody laid hands on her, and the hole in her heart closed up. Well, if only one miracle has happened since the apostles died, miracles must still happen. They have to still happen. They're still real. He still does those things. So week one, we talked about the miracle of deliverance. And that is the miracle of God overcoming the darkness of the enemy and the darkness of this world, right? That we are delivered from 
the sinful nature and from the bondage that is that comes from the darkness of this world. Last week we talked about the miracle of healing. And we had the opportunity, and many of you came forward, and we had just amazing responses to some people that came forward and had the opportunity to pray last week. Today I want to talk to you about a different type of miracle that happens, and that is the miracle of God's protection. The miracle of God's protection. So last night, Jen and I went to an event that was for care for pastors, which Pastor Ron, one of our overseers, he's he's over that. On our way there... We're driving and, and we got stopped by a train. And I laughed. I'm like, how often anymore do you get stopped by a train? Like that's a, that's kind of a random thing these days, right? And I was thinking about this morning. God, why, what was on the other side of the train that you made us stop behind the train? I don't think we think like that often enough. I don't think we think often enough about the reality of God having his hand. Some of you this morning driving here, something happened, a red light, something that altered your course, maybe because God was going, oh, whoa, 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 nope, this way. It's the miracle of protection, the the, the reality that, that God puts his hand on, right? We've all prayed the save me God prayer. Anybody ever say that? You're in a bad situation. God, if you save me today, I'll serve you forever, man. You ever been in that place, right? Help me pass this test. Come on, students, right? Help me to get out of this ticket. Here he comes. License and registration, please. Right? Or maybe some of you, and maybe this is a number of years ago, maybe some of you have done that whole bow to the porcelain God thing because maybe you had a little too much fun back in the day. And you remember going, oh God, I'll never do this again. Maybe that's just me. But anyway, that was a long time ago. That was a long time ago. But listen to me. God has the miraculous power to protect us. Amen? Agreed? And we probably could go around the room and tell stories of protection. We probably could go around the room and go, oh yeah, one time this happened. And one time that happened. And I could tell you some crazy stories, especially like in the days when I was in the fraternity and and my life was a mess. And when I look back, I go, why God? Why? Why? Why did you, and, and, and it's his hand of, of protection. Psalm 37 and 39 says this, the Lord rescues the godly. He is their fortress in times of trouble. Amen. He is their fortress in times of trouble. Now there's a tension that happens when we start talking about this. So, uh, two weeks ago, three weeks ago now, I think I told you guys that Crescinda was in a, a head on collision with her car. And she's fine. There wasn't a scratch on her and all that kind of stuff. And I'm grateful. And we've said, thank you, God, so much for protecting her. This last week, Saturday, I, two, not this past Saturday before, I did a funeral for a man my same age who took his own life. This past week, There was some accidents that happened, you know, you look at Ryan, some of you guys know what happened to Ryan Farner, who's part of our church and been part of the worship team. And, and Ryan was ejected out of his truck while it was flipping and he didn't have anything broken. Like, like we see God's hand of protection and and pray for him. He's got some bleeding this morning. They put him back in ICU, but, 
But all in all, when you look at what happened in him being ejected, it's, it's miraculous. Like God's hand was there, right? And then we get on the news and there's eight students and two teachers that didn't make it out. There's a tension. And the tension is, does God love Crescenda more than he loves the other person that didn't live in the car wreck? And there's a tension there if we're honest. Because we've all prayed, come on, we've all prayed for that baby that didn't make it. We've all prayed for God to do something in that miraculous moment. And it didn't happen. And there's a tension because we know the word tells us, and I believe this, God loves everybody. Would you agree? He loves everybody, right? He, he, how come he protects some and he doesn't protect others? And there's a tension in our faith that I want to address today that I think when we get done today, it's going to help your faith. It's, 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 it's going to help you. We're going to answer some questions and build your faith today. And so I want to give you two big ideas today as we deal with that particular tension. Two big ideas. Number one is this. Long before you face a problem, God already had a plan. Long before you face a problem, God already had a plan. Long before you experience trials, struggles, or even tragedy, God has a plan. Long before the, the flood came onto the earth, God had a plan for, of Noah. Long before Jonah was thrown overboard, God had this fish in mind. Long before the Israelites got cornered in Egypt, he planned to part the Red Sea. Long before CNN and Fox, he planned who was going to lead our nation. You see, God has a plan, right? He always has a plan. Before you found out that bad news about your health, listen to me, God has a plan for it. Before that boyfriend or girlfriend broke your heart, God has a plan for it. God is a God who has the power to miraculously save. And he has a plan. And when he doesn't commission his angels in, we have to come to a place of trust, of knowing he has a plan. You're going to hear me say that a couple times today. God has a plan. Some of you have gone through maybe some craziness this week. And you got a little chaos going on in your home, in your life or whatever. And you're going, God, where are you? And can I respond for him? He's right there. But Billy Ray said something to me this week that I thought was phenomenal. The, the teacher always remains quiet during the test. So whatever test that you're in right now, God's standing right there. He's got it all under control. So I want to read a story today to help us flesh this out a little bit. I want to read you a story of, of, of Paul and Silas. And let me set the story up. So Paul and Silas are ministering, right? This is in, we're in Acts chapter 16. When, when, uh, when, when Paul and Silas are ministering and they're doing that, there is this girl and she is demon possessed, but she predicts the future. And she's got these handlers that are making a bunch of money off of her predicting the future. 
right? And they're doing this. Well, she keeps coming and she's saying good things to them. Like she's like, they're from God or the most high. And, and she said, but you know how after a while somebody just gets annoying, right? And that's kind of what happens. Like, like they say it so much. And, 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 and so Paul finally, after this girl keeps going and keeps going and keeps going, keeps going. Anybody have, anybody work with someone like that? You can cast the demon out. No, I'm kidding. Don't do that. But they, they, this girl keeps going. And finally, the, he turns to her and he casts the demon out of her. When, when, when the demon goes away, she loses her ability to predict the future. Right? She loses this, this supernatural ability that the, 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 the darkness has given her. And in that moment, her owners get all ticked off. Why? Because their livelihood, their cash cow just got taken away from them. And so they turn to the crowd and start saying, these guys and that guy's, and they get the crowd riled up so much so that they all go at Paul and Silas. Pick it up, Acts 16, verse 22. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them, check this, to be stripped and beaten with rods. To be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison. And the jailer was commanded to guard them very, very carefully. Now listen, you may have never been stripped, but maybe you've been stripped of hope. You may have never been stripped, but maybe you've been stripped of trust or faith. Maybe you've never been beaten with a rod. Maybe you had good parents and they did. But maybe you've never been beaten with a rod. Listen to me. But you've been beaten with words. You've been beaten with doubt. You've been beaten with discouragement. Where are you, God? I think every single one of us has experienced this moment. Because when the guys turn around to the crowds, they just tell the crowd a bunch of stupid things. False accusations. None of it's true. So Paul and Silas get stripped and beaten over false accusations. Over things. Anybody ever said anything about you that wasn't true? Anybody ever falsely accused you of something? Like we've, we've all been in this place. And it is a terrible feeling. Would you not agree? Like, it, it, but that's not, that's not true. Like, you can only imagine, 19 years of ministry, I've had just a couple times. That people have said, oh, Pastor Mike did this, or Pastor Mike said that, and I'm like, I didn't, I didn't say that. I didn't, I didn't do that. What are, what are you talking, right? We've all been in this place. And the next words out of our mouth are, this isn't fair. You ever been in that place? This isn't fair. This is wrong. Like... And, and God, why aren't you protecting me? Like, where is that miracle of protection? Where is that scenario? And we go down that road. And if you put Paul in our modern times, how would Paul respond the way we normally respond? Oh, he would probably quit his small group. Stop reading his Bible. Stop coming to church. He would come to his team leader and go, I know I've been serving for a while, but I just need to take a break. Come on, be honest. Why? Because we look and we look at God and we go, God must not be faithful. God must not be doing 
And, and I guess God just doesn't love me the way he loves her. There's the tension. You see the tension of the miracle of protection. And then yet when there's not. But what did Paul actually do? Let's read it. Verse 25. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. They were praying and singing hymns to God. Now, I have this picture because I, I like to try to really, I like to, I, I want to try to smell scripture. Does that make sense to anyone? Like you've never been on the mission field until you smell the mission field. Right? You've never been to a third world country until you smell a third world country. I want to smell scripture. So when I'm picturing this, I mean, I'm picturing like, Paul is singing like, what a beautiful name it is, but his lips all busted. Because they beat the mess out of him with Riley, like, what a beautiful name it is, right? I mean, picture this scene, they're in chains and beat up and bleeding, and yet through probably snot bubbles of blood, he's singing hymns to God. He's, he's, he's praising who his God is. Check the next word. Suddenly. Anybody ever had a God suddenly moment? Ever had God just kind of show up in the middle of your darkness? In the middle of your brokenness? In the middle, and just blow your mind? That's the God of suddenly. Right? It says, suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. See, a miracle is when God on earth intervenes in heaven and this was a miracle. But I want you to catch that Paul did not wait to worship after the miracle. He worshiped before the miracle. Right? He worshiped before. Come on, that somebody today needs to grab a hold of the simplicity of what I'm saying to you right now. The someone here needs to worship before your miracle's coming. Some of you are in a test right now, and the teacher's being quiet. Because the teacher wants to see how you do on the test. Hebrews 13 and 15, not in your notes, it says this. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a... What's that word? What? Wait, what? what kind of praise? A sacrifice of praise. Do you know what a sacrifice is? It takes something. It costs you something. Sacrifice is not fun. I think sometimes that's become such Christianese that we don't catch on what that what that, that little phrase means. That phrase means it's a sacrifice of praise. It means I praise when I don't feel it. I praise when things are a mess. That's a sacrifice of praise, right? Some of you, maybe even here this morning, you were struggling worshiping with the team because you were struggling with it being a sacrifice of praise. It's also that struggle that we have, men, because we're men. So, you know, men, we got to kind of play it cool. I don't know about all this raising my hand stuff. Listen to me. It's a sacrifice of praise. It's, it's us saying, here I am. Why do I put my hands in the air? I put my hands in the air because it's a sign of surrender. 
Right? Because it's a sign of God. This is all about you. This is, this is a sacrifice. And I don't care what I'm going through right now. And I don't care what I'm feeling right now. And I don't care what I'm experiencing right now. I just got my heart broken. I just got my pink slip at work. I, what, no, 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 no. God, you're good. You're so good. You're awesome. Why? Because I know that you want to protect me. And I know you had a plan before I got into this situation. And I want to see your plan through. It's one thing to praise God when you see his power. It's another thing to praise him when you don't. Two times to worship God. You know what they are? When you feel like it and when you don't. We've saved some worship time for the end today. That's why we're doing things a little bit different. Team's going to come back up and lead us in a time of worship. And I want you to prepare your heart now. For a sacrifice of praise. For the opportunity for you to go, I don't care what's going on right now. It's all you. It's all you. And I trust you and I'm going to give you my all this morning, right? We worship him not for what he does. We worship him for who he is. Let me ask you, who's your God this morning? Is he the sovereign God who created the entire universe by speaking it into existence? Is is he the omnipresent God? He is all places all the time. Isn't he the omniscient God that knows all whose thoughts are higher than my thoughts? God is so much smarter than me. They're in the middle of prison at midnight, beat up. And God shows up in an earthquake. Jailer wakes up, sees the door open, draws a sword to take his own life. And Paul says, whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 no. We're here. We're here. Relax, bro. Put the sword away. Don't, don't, don't kill yourself. We're here. Why did he react that way? Because if he lost his prisoners, they would kill him. Right? The jailer in that moment stops and falls to his knees and says, what do I need to, to be saved? What do I need to know this God that you know? Would God allow us to go through a trial that we might see the opportunity to see someone else come to eternity? Oh, all day long. All day long. The reality of God is orchestrating our every day and every moment and every move. It's called providence. His providence that all things work together for good for those who love him. I think I read that somewhere. Right? That all things work together. Not only was Paul saved, so was the jailer, so was his entire family. Because of a moment. Before God went to, before Paul went to prison, God had a plan. Right? God often protects us, I think, in so many ways that we don't even recognize. So often, orchestrating things. Right? You're late for that meeting and you catch the red light. No, no, no. What's God doing? As we get to know the goodness and faithfulness of God, man, I'm convinced, listen to me, long before you face a problem, God has a plan. Amen? He's got a plan for you. Second point I want to give you today. Number two. Sometimes, catch this, God's eternal purposes don't align with our temporary plans. 
Sometimes God's eternal purposes do not align with our temporary plans. Not only, uh, this was not, listen to me, this was not the only time Paul was arrested. Like if you think this is a one-time thing, scholars believe that Paul spent somewhere around five and a half years of his life in prison. And in that time period, what did he do? He worshiped, he praised, actually he wrote some of the scriptures. It was in that dark moment that the Holy Spirit spoke to him and he wrote down the words of God that you and I read today and our breath and life for us today. It was in that dark moment. And so what I want to encourage you with or suggest is we need to look at both sides of this tension. When God does something miraculous, I'm so grateful that my daughter's sitting here this morning. Amen. I'm so grateful for what God has done in Ryan. But I'm also grateful for the trial I went through when I lost a child. I'm thankful for being fired from two churches. (laughs) Come on, somebody. Now I am. Back then it stunk. Amen. Sometimes God's eternal purposes don't align with our temporary plans. The baby doesn't make it. The drunk driver kills the innocent teenager. Students and the teachers don't make it out. Does it hurt? Yes, it hurts. Yes, we grieve. Yes, it's okay for us to feel that devastation and and the weight of the moment. But do we continue to trust that our God has a plan and has a purpose and has something more that we just don't understand at this moment? Because we choose to worship our God, not only for what he does, but for who he is. He is good and great and amazing. And he loves you with a love that I'm not eloquent enough to describe. I'm not sure anybody is. I'm not sure all the artists and the poets in the world could describe the love that God has for you. And so for those of you who are in the middle of something right now, in the middle of a trial and a struggle in this particular moment, listen to me, God has got his hand on you. And he's got a plan. And right now his eternal plan doesn't quite align with your temporary plans. That's okay. That's okay. Turn your head back to him. Turn your eyes back. Okay, God, what is it that you want me to do? And I think... I can answer that question for you. Because Paul answered it for us. Worship. Worship. Instead of sitting there and trying to fix it all. Come on, how many fixers? Any fixers here? Instead of trying to, but this, and I got to do this, and I got to call this. Whoa, 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 whoa. How about you worship? What does it look like to worship that I open his word, that I turn on some praise music and I get away for just a moment, that I even acknowledge, maybe it's just fast, maybe it's sitting there at your desk and you're between calls and it's one of those days and like everybody, uh, like you're, you're looking at your Bible trying to figure out like is the murder, is there a way around that, that kind of day, you know what I mean? 
you would take a moment sitting there at your desk and say, I worship you, God. I give you all honor, praise, and glory that your name is due. You are good and great, and your plans are higher than my thoughts and higher than my ways. You got all of this right here in the palm of your hand. Listen to me, some of y'all need to have your own little praise break every once in a while at work. Right? Just a little praise break. Maybe the kids are driving you crazy. Lock them in their room for five minutes. You can get away with it for five minutes. Listen, you need a praise break. You need that opportunity to go, you know what? I don't really hear it. You need to hear another sermon. I don't need counseling right now. You know what I need? I need God. I need the presence of the Holy Spirit. Just ministering to my mind and my soul right now in such a way that I can't get from any human being. And the only way to do that is worship. It's to take it that time to find him in that. So Paul wrote words like this out of prison. We rejoice in our suffering. Paul said these words, even if I am poured out like a drink offering, even if my life is a sacrifice, though I may be slain for God, it doesn't matter because my God is great and he has it all worked out in the end. So we've got to learn to delight. Listen, delight in hardships. The only way to do that, though, is to worship. The feelings don't go away. The devastation doesn't go away. The hurt doesn't go away. That is all very, very real. And we validate those feelings. But you have a choice in that moment. Am I going to wallow? Or am I going to worship? And I'm encouraging this morning to worship. Some of you guys have been through some pretty tough stuff. But when you look back, can't you, can't you look back and see the ones that back then you were like so devastated by and now you're so grateful for? Like I, like I, I laughed, you know, I've been fired from two churches. Well, you, you have a pastor today because I got fired from two churches. Listen, I, I don't clap because I got fired. No, but, but listen, listen. So, so in that, I'm going to tell you, we were devastated. Like I remember coming home and looking at Jen and going, this is what just happened. And we looked at each other and thought, I, like, we thought our world was upside down. We thought we were going to lose the girls. We thought, I mean, we were just, and we did what some of you and every one of you do in situations like that. What about this? And this is going to happen if we don't do this. And, and we get right. Those feelings are very, very real. And they're not just going to go away. They don't. But the relief is in the presence of God. The relief is in that moment where you go, yeah, the world's kind of turning a little awkward right now for me. But you're still God. And you're still working something out. And when I look back and review and remember the things that that you've taken me through. Come on, some of y'all, some of your past has a name. You know that person that you were just, you, uh, God, please let me marry them. And now you're like, oh God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, somebody. Right? So whatever it is today, whatever it is that, that you're wrestling with, can we be like Paul? 
Can we be a little bit like Paul today? And um, I'm going to have the worship team come back on. We're going to sing another song of worship. And I'm going to encourage you to give a sacrifice of praise today, especially those of you who are hurting or frustrated right now or got something going on or you just got some news or something. That I, I, I want you to give a sacrifice of praise today, right? Above and beyond my feelings. But before I do that, I got to read you something because the most amazing thing happened. God's been, God's really been speaking to the prayer team and in our church lately. So Thursday about noontime, I got a, a text message from Adelia Harrison. And she said, this is an exhortation for Sunday for the church, Psalm 100. So I read it. And I was like, wow, that's awesome. All right, this goes right along with what I'm teaching on. So God, you're speaking. This is confirmation. The very next day, Mr. Wally calls me. He says, Mike, how you doing? I said, good, Mr. Wally, what's up today? He said, you know, I was in prayer this morning. And God told me that we needed to read Psalm 100. And I mean, I'm dumb and from Mississippi, but I kind of got the picture. You know what I'm saying? Like God wants us to hear something today. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. I'm going to read Psalm 100. And then we're going to go into a time of praise. Can we do that this morning? Can we sing this morning? Put your stuff down. Get it out of your way. Move around if you need to. But here's, listen to Psalm 100. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name for the Lord is what? Good. The Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Amen. Can we give God some praise this morning?